Hey friends, this is Boss Barista. I'm Ashley Rodriguez. In this episode, I'm talking with Corey Pickett. Corey is a creative in the coffee world and tries to find ways to uplift and support other people pursuing creative interest. She's the founder of Queen Spirit Magazine, which is described as for creatives by creatives, and she's also the guest editor of issue 10 of Coffee People Zine. Coffee People Zine has always been a place for coffee folks to express their creativity. It was born out of a desire to showcase the other things that coffee people do outside of their jobs. This issue specifically features solely the work of Black creatives. This issue highlights work from Black coffee professionals, along with spotlighting Black-owned businesses. There have been Instagram Lives with some of the people profiled, and there's even a collaboration between Coffee People and Coffee Black who were guests on the show a few months ago. To put it simply, there's a ton of amazing work and creative projects attached to this issue, and Corey has been at the forefront, pushing it forward. You'll hear from Corey about what working on this project was like. For her, it was a balancing act. There was so much energizing creative inspiration, but there's also the weight of putting together such an emotionally charged issue. What Corey wants you to take away, as you'll hear in this episode, is the joy and vibrancy that comes through the work. That'll come through on the page for sure, as you're holding this issue, flipping through the pages. But there's also a creative spirit, a connection, that happens when you're behind the scenes, putting something together that's meant to be shared with others. Corey felt that deeply, and I hope by listening to this episode, you feel that same energy emanating from Corey, and can connect even more thoroughly to this issue. Here's Corey. To start, can I have you introduce yourself? I'm Corey Pickett or KP. It's pretty much what everybody calls me these days, which like there's no like there's no special story of my nickname. It's literally my initials. Um, I wish I had a cool story. You can make one up and right now if you'd like. I know, like I always want to be like, yeah, you know, I, I really can't. I've tried so many times <laughs> to be like, what's a what's a cool story? But no. Um, KP, I, uh, I'm an all around creative, just like, I love creativity. I say that creative movements save lives, which is literally creativity saves my life every day through financial stability, but also just like mental and emotional health. Um, yeah. And I'm the most recent executive editor of issue 10 of Coffee People Zine. How did you get involved with Coffee People Zine? Well, I have my own publication called Queen Spirit, um, and I was digital for a long time and really wanted to start looking into what the world of print was like, and I had found coffee people, like, I was a part-time barista, and people had been telling me about coffee people I'd submitted to Kat a few times, so I reached out to Kat and was like, okay, I want to move into print publication, like, do you have any advice for me? This was, like, almost two years ago now. Um, and we just kind of talked through that and what, what that looked like. And Kat was just super helpful in any question I had. So we developed a relationship that way. And then when Kat decided the theme and content and everything for issue 10, 
she just reached out and was like, I think that you'd be perfect for this. Like, and it felt great. And it's literally been like the best partnership. Like if it felt like we've worked together forever, just because we've had so many conversations about publication. So it really just fell in that way. I want to talk specifically about issue 10, but before we get into this issue, I want to talk a little bit about what Coffee People is. Can you describe it a little bit for the audience? Yeah. So Coffee People was created in order to kind of give shine and spotlight to people within the coffee industry that aren't necessarily the people we see day in and day out. Like as coffee people, we do so many things besides coffee. Like a lot of times coffee people are super creative individuals and they're musicians, they're painters, they're cartoonists, they're, you know, like there's this, this huge community that are, what we love is past what coffee is. So Kat created it in a way to give feature to all of the things that encompass coffee people from art to music to, I mean, and she would do events pre-COVID with just like art shows and different stuff like that. And so it's showing coffee people as a whole. And while the content can be coffee related, a lot of times it's just featuring people within the coffee industry and what they love to do as well. I remember I've interviewed Kat for this show before and I've talked to Kat a lot about coffee people and just what it means to have a creative pursuit in the coffee industry. And I remember, I still have this very visceral memory of Kat talking about being at a throwdown and being like, I'm not interested in the throwdown as much as I'm interested in like, what do you do? Like, what do you do outside of coffee? Like I just, I could just like picture that, that interaction. Um, And I imagine you probably have a lot of those same interactions with people since you also produce a publication. Oh, for sure. I mean, and I can remember like a very similar feeling of being at throwdowns of just like, yeah, I love coffee, but honestly, I joined the coffee industry for the like, community aspect so for me it's always been like "Ooh, like what do you do like how can we connect how can we create together and even just with my publication it's the same it's like what are you passionate about okay how can we how can we incorporate incorporate that into a publication you know like giving people the space to be heard even more is like super important to me and coffee does create that pathway but it's also it just goes way deeper than that Can you tell me a little bit about your publication about Queen Spirit? Yeah. So Queen Spirit is for creatives by creatives Um, every quarter. So we release quarterly every quarter. There's a theme and we just finished a full year of publication, which felt insane because of like quarantine and everything. But when the themes were decided, it was like, they seemed to just fall in line with what was going on in the world. So the first issue I did, I didn't really have a theme. I just selfishly wanted to have myself on a magazine cover because I would grow up watching Queen Latifah and living single and thought that her having a magazine was like the best thing in the world. And I was like, okay, if I can at least release one publication, I've, I've, that's a goal I had for myself. Then after the first one, I realized like, oh, there are so many people that want to be heard just like I do and want to be seen. So how can I keep that going in a physical way? So the second um, publication was community and was able to outsource for 
all like the cover art to be done by a local artist. The third was self-belief and the most recent was restoration. So if you think about 2020, all of those um, themes kind of were helpful and actually hard to work through, especially um, the self-belief was during quarantine. So that was like really telling of, yeah, we have to have a lot of self-belief just to navigate through everything we're going through. Um, it's submission-based, so anybody that feels passionate about the theme or wants to share their art or their music or their writing, they absolutely can, as long as it's within the theme boundaries of, so for instance, restoration, as long as it was restoration themed, go for it. And that can be as loose as somebody wants, because I'm a huge believer in creative freedom. I don't want to ever say, well, that's what not what restoration means, just because it might not be what I it means to me. Um, I want people to be able to explore that for themselves and kind of use it as a space of healing as well. So within every publication, there's always at least two pages with like journal prompts to kind of give space and room. If somebody, maybe they didn't submit, but they still want to explore that theme and how to process everything, we leave room for all of that. That sounds incredible. Um, Thank you. I imagine it must have been really difficult balancing being both the head of your publication and the executive editor for Coffee People. So let's talk a little bit about um, issue 10 and kind of what makes it special. Um, Can you talk a little bit about the themes in issue 10? Yeah. So issue 10 is Black creatives in coffee or Black creatives that are passionate about coffee, love coffee. Um, from cover to cover, it's, I, I'm a little emotional about this issue because it's really like, it's really magical. And I, I say that it's filled with dreams because it really is from like past, future and present. It's filled with people that have either created a coffee space or people that dream about creating one. And the vein of it is always the same. It's, it's this, it's this passion for having spaces of inclusion and having spaces of just representation because as as black creatives as black people we're constantly fighting to be seen and heard there's definitely a cross with how i step into queen spirit that i got to do the same with this issue because it was full of like emotional content from literally the people that farm the coffee to the people that make it in the coffee shops, to the people that consume it. Um, And I just, I continuously felt really honored and humbled to even like work with the content that was coming in. Because it's no small thing to me when somebody trusts you enough to place some vulnerability in your hands. Like these are stories that have been being told but haven't always been told on a on a broad uh platform so and so being able to like tell these stories felt really amazing and being able to even just like talk with all of these incredible humans was just like every day I was like wow I just got to meet the most amazing person (laughs) and now I'm like they're part of my community so it's just, it's full of Black creativity, Black-owned business, and it's beautiful. I love that you mentioned that that moment of 
like when someone submits something to you and you think, Mm -hmm. wow, like this person's now part of my community. This person's amazing. Cause I do think a lot about that for boss barista. Um, I was just uploading, um, today's episode, which will be live later. And I was like, wow, there are 122 people that I've interviewed that are like in my network now and not network in a networky way, but like they're part of your community. Like there are people that you're like, I know these amazing stories about 122 people that I wouldn't have known otherwise. It's pretty, it's pretty special. Right. Like you make memories with those people. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes that gets lost in like podcasts or even publications because the viewer or the listener might only experience it for a moment, but the people that were in it, like we carry that for a very long time. Right. And it's not to say that like the consumers won't remember something from it, but it's, it's just a different like connection to be like, wow, like we spent X amount of time together. And that's something that like, I will never forget for great reasons. Mm What was it like to be the executive editor of this? What did that entail for you? Oh my gosh. It, okay. It has been exhausting, but in like the best ways. So I do all of Queen Spirit, but Queen Spirit's publications are like 35 pages max. Coffee People is like 100 pages minimum. Wow. But... I stepped into coffee people and knew like I was really going to have to pace myself with it just because it is a lot of content. It's a lot of creation. And so people will send in their submissions, but it's my job to portray it in a way that gives complete honor to everything that they sent in. So I did put a lot of pressure on myself and that's just me as like a person. I do that anyway. Um, But this issue, like, I would constantly make sure, like, I was okay emotionally, mentally before I would ever work on it. So every day I would start my day and be like, okay, do I do I have the capacity to create this in a way that will give the correct honor and the correct, like, energy in order to make sure that these people and these stories are told correctly? So for me it was more of a personal a personal struggle than a creative struggle if that makes sense no it totally does it was just yeah it was just like i i put a lot of pressure on myself for it and i'm thankful that i did because they all every page deserved the same amount of dedication i never wanted to like let let it slip so being executive editor that that was from literally cover to cover of like what is this going to look like what is this going to sound like? What is this going to read like? What is how and even how am I communicating with everybody that's submitting? How am I interviewing? So when I I'm finally having time to reflect on it and I was like, oh, no wonder I'm exhausted. Like I was like, I, I did put a lot of energy into making sure this could be the best representation of black people in coffee and I don't think when I like began I really realized the like the beauty and the weight of it Mm -hmm. but now that I'm on the other side of it I'm like wow this is like I'm really thankful that I took the time to pace myself because had I not I think that I would have just kind of rushed through 
and not made sure that each each page has the exact same amount of dedication as every other page. I'm interested to know like what the process was for you of putting this together because Coffee People is generally a mix of submission-based work and that can be kind of anything. Mm-hmm. It could be a poem, it could be a story, it can be art. And then there are profiles of businesses or profiles of people. And I was wondering, did you write those? How did you decide on those? Like at how did you kind of balance the submission-based work and then the work that you specifically had to do? Yeah. Um, so Kat and I kind of worked together on the features because I needed to know more. Like I only had a list of, I think maybe five black owned coffee shops that I knew about. So working with her was helpful because she, I mean, she's been working with coffee people for a while now. So knowing like this community of people, she was like, Oh yeah. And there's, there's dead stock in Portland. There's, you know, like she would throw out ideas and I was like, okay, perfect. So it was just figuring out and reaching out to like, let me think. I think we have like 10 features overall. Um, reaching out to everyone to see if one is something they had the time and space and energy to do right now. Um, and once they said yes, it was just me making time to talk with them and start to put together what their feature would look like. And every time I entered in a conversation with a feature, I was just very clear of if you have an idea or you have a way and a vision of how you want to portray this, that's what we're going to do first and foremost. Like I made sure I just like put any, any creative idea I may have had to decide to first, like just honor, ultimately it's their story. And it's just my job to put it into a form that can be received well. So every conversation just ended up there are quite a few interviews just because that became more comfortable and way in a way to really get their story across without me putting in too much of my tone. Um, but then there, there are some like Cam's coffee. I just, I got to have a conversation with Latasha, Cam's mom, and we, the entire conversation, I just kept taking notes and I was like, this is, this is a story that needs to be narrated. And that's, that was her vision as well. So that just paired really well. Um, it felt like every time I went into figuring out a feature, they were right in line with how I was feeling as well. And I mean, anytime you give people the space to just say, this gets to be whatever you want. I feel like there's a lot more comfort there anyway. Mm -hmm. So with the submissions, it was still kind of the same as what it's been in previous issues where people submitted and then I got to kind of just take that and make it look visually stimulating in a way that flowed with the zine. So that wasn't really too different from previous issues, but definitely the features were different this time just because they're more full of storytelling and not so much an advertisement, but really like this is who these people are this is why they started this business or this is why they started this venture you know whatever that looks like 
I think that's a pretty big distinction in roles because as an editor, your job is to kind of do that second part that you mentioned where you're mm-hmm. putting together like how the story will look or giving feedback or really kind of trying to identify like how does this all go together um, versus writing features is a totally different um, kind of set of skills, which is wild that you did that in both. Um, I commend that immensely um, as a person who's been an editor and a writer before. I'm like switching between the two is really difficult um, and it's hard not to edit your own work in a way too. Um, it really is, but it, you know, it was one of those, as crazy as it sounds, like I think about how much time I put into it, but I just kind of every day was just like, this is going to be what it's supposed to be. And so I would kind of like remove myself from it in a way and be like, I just have to let this flow. And sometimes it would feel a little overwhelming, but in those moments, that's when I would step away and be like, oh, I'm not, I'm not in the right space to do this. So just like honoring that day in and day out, I really think is what made the difference. What were some submissions that maybe surprised you or perhaps touched you differently? You don't have to give away too much, but I'm wondering if you had moments of like just pure surprise or pure joy that really kind of took you back. For sure. Um, We got some beautiful photography submissions of people in Africa literally like harvesting and navigating what COVID is like right now and in the farming aspect of coffee. And when I opened those images, I just like, I cried because I I had this moment where I was like, wow, like we, we as consumers often, or even as baristas, we get so in this, in this mindset of just like, this is what I'm doing. And I think sometimes we forget about where it truly comes from. Like it took a lot of work for it to even get to that point. So for me, it was this just like moment of just pure gratitude. Like, wow, like there are these people working so hard (laughs) to make sure we get this product that we love so much. Um, And then there's also some poetry that just took me on a journey from I had this moment of feeling so guilty for drinking coffee to then realizing like, no, that helps support the income of the people that are farming and harvesting and everything. Like it, it was a roller coaster of emotions for me. Um, and I'm a highly emotional person anyway, so it's, it was no surprise, but then there were, there were images of literal just like black joy of people just enjoying life and living fully and freely. And so it's just, it's full, it's so full of magic that I, even if I wasn't the executive editor, I really think that I would be like outside, like, please read this, please look at this, like, please, please, please. Like you you need to experience all of the beauty that's inside. That's really special. I'm now imagining you, I guess when people say things, I try to visualize them. So now I'm imagining you outside of some building holding coffee people's zine being like, please read this. Yeah. I think one time Kat explained like, you know, like back in the day when you'd like get those like little, those crates you'd stand on to sell like newspapers and stuff. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about that once that sometimes it feels like that with publications where you're like, you need to read this. Like, and it's, 
and it could come across biased, but it's like, no, as soon as you open the pages, I promise you're also going to want to be like, you need to read this. So tell me about how this issue is perhaps a little bit different than past issues uh, beyond just um, the content that you're going to do a little bit of a different model for paying people too, right? Yeah, for sure. So this issue, every um, contributor will be paid and that will like that payment comes from sponsorships. It comes from pre-orders. Um, it comes from subscriptions. So every contributor will get paid and then any overflow of payment. So after we've paid them out, any like income that does come in, that's still not going to go towards coffee people. It's going to go to the bail project and the okra project. I just, I decided to choose those two projects because I wanted to choose organizations that would help on a national level. Cause I started to think I live in Indiana, but we also have um, a business in North Carolina. So I was trying to find organizations within those two States. And then the more I thought about it, I realized it needed to be spread a more of a national level. So that's why those two projects were chosen. But we also just really wanted to make sure that creatives were paid. I'm really passionate about that, but I'm also very passionate about, I mean, we're in this climate of a lot of times black and brown people are, their voices are being used and they're just being used to educate, which is fine. But I don't think that people realize how exhausting that can become. And they really deserve to be compensated for that time and energy that they're putting out. Mm -hmm. So we just wanted to be sure that we were like respecting that and making sure that, hey, y'all put your time and energy into creating this art or writing this, these poems or making this music or even just taking the time to talk with me on a feature or anything. So we're just very committed to making sure that everybody's getting compensated and, and not just with exposure. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I think um, the idea of like your, your exposure is your payment is a pretty common line that creatives get. Um, but I want to, I want to parse out oh, that distinction sure. too, because you talked about how everybody in this issue is getting paid, including the people who are featured. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so we're we're doing our best to make sure that everybody, like literally anybody that submitted, is going to get compensation mm -hmm. because and some and some have already opted to donate their compensation to either the Bell Project and the Oprah Project or to someone else. Like, it's been really beautiful to see how people are like, you know what, I'm I'm okay right now. Make sure that somebody else has groceries or make sure that this goes towards the the charities that you want to donate to so it's it continues to be a community project but the more that Kat and I talked about it we were like okay yes we're paying the contributors but also a lot of the features they um they're not just coffee like a lot of them are creatives themselves so why would we limit it to only the contributors like let's try to make sure that the features are also getting compensated for this I feel like you and I could probably do a whole episode about this idea of paying like people who aren't necessarily writing a thing, but are perhaps contributing their opinion or their expertise. Um, Cause it's something I think about a lot um, now in journalism. Um, 
but that's a whole nother that's a whole nother episode that's that's it that's really a, is it's like i <laughs> i could go on and on because it's it's taken me the better part of three years to even figure out how to like financially sustain as an artist like full-time so and that's a short amount of time and i'm aware but it still feels way too long <laughs> so. right right when people are like oh yeah boss barista that's like your job and i'm like <laughs> no Right, it's that awkward, like you know, I wish, yeah, one day, but <laughs> yeah, um, but that's again, that's a whole whole another episode. Um, what are you, right. what are you the most proud of? Oh, like with this issue or just in general? Uh, let's do both. Let's do this issue and then let's go. Let's go generally. Okay, with this issue, I am most proud that that it's honest and genuine and bold i'm most proud that it's it's giving a voice and a platform is being used in one of the best ways i believe it can be used um it's it's not being performative and it's really really paying homage to where this product comes from that we love and supporting the people that make sure it continues to be a product that we can love and enjoy. Um, as in general, I'm most proud that I'm finally able to live a creatively free life. I never, you know, there were the moments that I was like, oh, I'm never actually going to get to be an artist full time. Like, I like, I just remember so many moments of, like this is, what am I doing? Like everybody else doubted me and I would pretend I didn't doubt, but I really did. And so now to finally be, it finally feels like all the hard work is paying off. And that feels, I'm really, really thankful that I'm finally starting to see the products of all of that hard work. Now that the zine is done, what do the next couple of weeks look like for you? Well, we officially release everything on the 22nd. Um, Pre-orders are live. And with the zine, there's this really awesome add-in and a collaboration that we did with Coffee Black. So once the zine is released on the 22nd, Kat and I are actually going to be embarking on a COVID-safe road trip together where we go to, I think we designated five different places um, to kind of visit some of the features their shops or um their like just establishments and deliver some of the zines but also just experience them in person because we want to support them on a deeper level than just through the zine so we want to like somehow do a physical way that's really hard you know in like covid era to do that but we're doing our best to figure out the safest plan and route to do that. So that'll take, I think we're going to end that on September 30th. So that's what the next month until the end of the month looks like. Is there anything else that you want to share about coffee people or this issue that we maybe missed? Um, really just like purchase it, pre-order it, subscribe. I really like, I can't say enough that it, it deserves to be seen and it deserves to be read and these people really deserve to be recognized 
but also just making sure that we're we're being intentional day in and day out as a people that there are marginalized people in this world that we are not showing up for in ways that we could and that's that's not just black and brown folks that's people that with disabilities that's you know like across the board making sure that we're showing up so i hope that this issue can be kind of a a guide or even just an inspiration to learn and think like okay how can i show up even more in the world and make sure that i'm really being community Corey, thank you so much for taking time to talk to me yeah awesome thank you for having me this was fun that was Corey pickett creator of queen spirit magazine and guest editor for coffee people's Eve. you can order this issue right now all proceeds go to paying the folks who contributed to this issue and all overflow will be split between the okra project and the national bailout project you can order the zine by visiting www.coffeepeople.org thanks for listening and we'll see you next week